Hello, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. This is a safe space where mamas can talk openly about their highs and lows of motherhood and to look deeper into who they are as women and their journey into motherhood. We may agree and disagree or cry and laugh, but one thing for sure is we will learn from one another and have a great time. So sit back and enjoy. Imagine you have your dream product business planned out and a winning product concept that you know people will buy, and you can't wait to get it launched because you've figured out your suppliers and you've started on your prototype. You're so excited that you've registered your website URL and applied for your trademarks. You just know this product is going to be a winner. You can totally do this, and now is the time. E-commerce is booming, and it's only going to accelerate more this year. Product business coach Nicole DeLarzac is opening up her course, The Product Pathway, that's designed to get you from product idea or no idea to prototype and business plan. And it's way more than a course. You get weekly group coaching and one-on-one mentoring from Nicole to keep you accountable and on track towards your goals. Through a proven system that's used by major brands and multinational companies, you'll go through the course step-by-step to get your idea off the ground. There are six modules ideation, you build concepts, get feedback, refine your idea, develop, and then finally build the plan. This is where you need to be to get your idea off the ground because starting is always the hardest part. The course starts on January 25th and you can sign up by January 23rd. You can join through the link in the show notes and listen in as Nicole discusses her entrepreneurial journey and her passion for helping women create successful businesses. Hello, welcome to the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. I'm on with Nicole DeLarzac. Uh, She is a product business coach who takes the mystery out of building a product business by helping women launch and scale their product businesses. She has over 20 years of marketing and consulting experience, having worked with large global brands such as Coca-Cola and Kraft Foods where she built new brands and scaled mature brands. In addition, she worked internationally in Australia, where she started a product business, growing it to $2 million in sales. Wow. She's proud to have launched the Productpreneur podcast, featuring inspirational female productpreneurs and valuable marketing content to grow a product business. On a personal note, she's also mom to three amazing children, which is her biggest accomplishment. So Nicole, before we get into what you do as a product business coach, which I'm extremely interested in learning more about and kind of your history in, you know, in your career and where you kind of started with, why don't we go into your motherhood journey and tell me about your three amazing children? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Nicole, for inviting me to be on your podcast. I'm super honored that you would have me and that you think enough of me to have you on the podcast. So thank you. And uh, yeah, so my motherhood journey, it's been amazing and for sure full of ups and downs as for many mothers I'm sure have experienced, but my kids are um, a little bit older. They're 14, 11, and 10 now. So they're much more capable of doing things on their own. In fact, as we speak, they're just having their breakfast or really late breakfast that I cooked for them. And I just left them. And it's amazing. There's so much more freedom when they're a bit older. So any moms out there who are listening and have really young children, it gets easier. So yeah, I balance, I hate to say the word balance because I always feel like there's no perfect balance. Like I don't think anyone has the perfect balance 
but I do believe that there are sort of waves of different things and there are times and seasons for things. So when my kids were babies, it was really difficult to, of course, impossible to be full-time on my business. So I had more focus on my family at that point. And now as they're getting older, I have more of a focus as they're in school and they're more capable of doing things on their own. I am really focused on my business and I want to see that grow. So of course they're still important to me and I focus on them, but it's not my only focus right now. And so I just find that there are different waves and there might be times when you're launching something and you're so into it and you just can't even think about focusing on your family and that's okay I'm sure you have to find other substitutes like maybe your your husband or your partner or whatever can take some of the slack and uh, maybe you have a nanny or some other help but there are times and seasons for different things and it's okay not to try everything really well so let me ask before we get into you know how you started your business your oldest is 14 did how long ago you know what was your career like what did you start kind of tell me now your your professional journey So I was always in marketing and consulting, mostly Mm -hmm. marketing. I was climbing the corporate ladder. I worked at Coca-Cola at the time. And my husband and I moved to Australia because we just wanted to be in warmer weather. (laughs) We live in Canada and (laughs) we're like, okay, let's have an adventure. So he got transferred. He was working at Nestle. And and this is no children, right? This is just you and your husband. Yeah, there's no children. Although I was like one week pregnant when we moved. (laughs) So we had just found out we were pregnant when we were actually moving. So we we moved there and fortunately, like he got transferred with Nestle. I got transferred with Coke and I was working at Coke and it was amazing, but so busy. Like as a, a marketing professional, it takes a lot of you and I just don't like to do things halfway. So of course I'm 110% into it. And I knew I was pregnant. So we had our first child there and I just couldn't see myself going back to the grind and coming home at like six or six 30 even and seeing my baby and putting him to bed. Like I just could not imagine that being my life. And I thought there's, there's no way I can do that, but then how can I spend more time with him? So immediately I thought, well, having a business is the way to do that because you have flexibility and you own your schedule and you, you know, you know, when you can grow it and when you are not going to grow it. So what I did was I started an import business and it's a little bit of a long story as to how I got into that, but we just had a a friend, a contact who, who did the same in Canada. I said, "I'll, I'll expand your business in Australia. So I didn't know what I was doing. I had never been in sales or importing or anything like that, but I knew marketing. And so I started it while not started it, but I started to like work on it while I was on mat leave. And then I decided to say to my employer that I wasn't going to be coming back. So I kind of took that risk before knowing full well that, uh, that this business was going to be successful. And so I eventually got into the major retailers. Like there's two major supermarkets there. Coles and Woolworths. So I got into those and and selling to a couple of other brands, but those are huge. As long as you have those contracts, you're set. So that was amazing. I grew the business to 2 million in sales. And so it was awesome. But then we decided to leave. Having known nothing about the industry. I think that's a good point. So you know, marketing, but you had known nothing about the industry. You're you're having this newborn child, your first child, and you're able to do that. So 
don't, you know, overlook oh, that true. fact because I think it's easy to say that was 14 years ago. So you're like, oh, it was one, two, three, but it's like, no, you've got a lot going on. Yeah, no, it's true. There were <laughs> a lot of mindset things I had to get over. And yeah, it's a funny story, actually. So before I left my employer or before I told them I was going to leave, I had presented to the buyer at Wilworth and he kind of said to me, like he promised the business to me. And so I was working on the, the purchase orders and everything. And I thought, amazing. I have like already I have the business. And so that's when I decided to leave my company. And then after I told them already that I was leaving, he backtracked on his, his promise kind of thing. And I was left with no business. And I'm like, how, what am I going to do now? And that was it. I just said, forget it. I've already made this decision. I've got to make this work no matter what. And so I found a way I got in through a different buyer, through a different category, um, not knowing anything about sales or importing. So I just want to relay that message. Like if you really have something on your mind and you know you want to do it, just do it. And your resilience and your ability to just keep going and keep going no matter what the setbacks are will pull you through. And it was amazing what happens when you just have your mind set on something. And that's what I did. I'm like, I can't go back to that corporate job. So here, I've got to make it work. Yeah. You were like, this is it. So basically now or never type of thing you had, it just was what it was. You had to move forward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So luckily it, it worked. Um, but then moved back to Canada because, well, I, I was pregnant with my second and we were so far from family. My mom was sick at the time. It was just really hard. So we moved back to Canada and I realized that, okay, I couldn't keep the business in Australia. It was really difficult with the travel and everything. So I decided to help women who were kind of like in the situation I was in also start their product businesses and grow them. And, and so that's when I launched my business, which is helping women with their product businesses. So either if they have an idea or if they don't have an idea, or even if they have a product business and they want to grow it, I help and them with. What was it to you? Cause I think that's, in, that's an interesting, I, I always find it, I guess, interesting when I'm, when I interview the women on my podcast of how things are created, right? What it is that you felt there was a need for. So what was it that you felt like the product side of it and not just growing a business in general? What was it about a product-based business? Honestly, I was thinking, okay, I really want to help female entrepreneurs. I didn't know how or yeah. what, I just wanted to help them. And I thought, okay, how can I take my marketing experience and every kind of experience I've had, how can I take that and help women? And it was really with actually the help of a coach. I always have a coach. <laughs> it was with the help of a coach who kind of pulled it out of me and said, you know, you've always worked on product businesses. Not Why not help product-based businesses with their launch and marketing? And, and it was, it was so true. Sometimes you don't see it yourself, but someone else has to tell you, this is what I see in you. And so that is truly something that I do have as my strength and I help women with, and, and that has been amazing. And it's, I'm very grateful to that coach who, who helped me discover that. And based so basically you've been in your business of helping women launch these product-based businesses for how long now you said since your second child about. So was it 12? Well, actually it was a bit, <laughs> bit of a windy road until I did launch that. So I maybe skipped 
a bit of history okay, here. So when we moved, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so when we moved back, I I did consult for larger businesses. I consulted for Coke. I consulted right. for different companies. I even went back and thought, I'm going to climb the corporate ladder. And so <laughs> I went back and then I just realized, oh my gosh, no, this is not for me. Why did I do this again? And so finally, after leaving that company, I realized, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to launch this business. So it's only been about three years or so that I've really started to help to help women with their businesses. Yeah, you starting your own business and and focusing Mm -hmm. solely on that. Since we're kind of on this, what do you say? Because you do have the experience of being in corporate America, starting your own business, right? Because you did start the import business. So you have a lot of that experience. What tips would you give for moms struggling? Like, let's say someone myself, you know, I started my podcast, I just knew I needed to start it. And I think it goes to your comments earlier where you're saying sometimes just kind of begin it, you know, be resilient with it and just kind of keep on with it. Mm-hmm. And it's been a year, but I also have a day job. You know, I'm, I'm a right. wife and I always say roles, right? I think it's so important that we live, like I'm a mom, I'm a daughter, I'm a sister, I'm a friend, I'm a this, I'm a that, that takes so much of ourselves. What do you say or tips um, to struggle to moms who are struggling trying to build the two because we're only set and we don't even really have 24 hours because you need to sleep. So you really have like 16 hours in the day because you need to sleep for some. So what do you say to that? Oh goodness. Yeah. It's such a great question because a lot of people think, well, they need to quit their job in order to start another business, like a side hustle or whatever. And there's, there's positives and negatives to both. You could either leave your job and start something else right away, but then you're risking that income. You don't know if it's going to work. So there's that, but the positive is that you can really focus on whatever it is you're doing because business takes focus. It really does. Or you could have a job and you're starting something on the side. And what I would say to that is, first of all, the bonus for that is that you have the money and while you're working, so you have money to invest and starting a business is not cheap. You have to invest in certain things like a website. If it's products, it's like the, the product development, the inventory and branding and everything. So that comes with it. So having a job does help with, or at least having some kind of cushion helps with that investment. Then you lose and, because then you're, you're everywhere. yeah, yeah, right. And, and but the, the great thing is then you won't have such a scarcity mindset when you have income also, because if you leave that job, then you do kind of have this feeling of scarcity. Like you don't sure. have very many resources to invest. So again, there's pluses and negatives to both, but I definitely say like, if you have an income, great. You have the money to invest. You also have money to get help. So I would get help from a coach, first of all, to help you get there faster and help you avoid making expensive mistakes. Secondly, getting help through hiring people, hiring services that are not in your zone of genius. So, you know, if you're doing things that really, uh, maybe it's social media posting and you're not, it's not your strength. Well, you can hire all this stuff out and there's no shame in that. It's no shame in getting help. In fact, these are people who are experts at that can help you with it. So I'm a strong advocate of hiring stuff that is not within your realm of expertise, but also like you're just not going to do as great of a job if you're you're doing it yourself. And I guess that goes to... And it's kind of, you would think that it's so kind of like bingo, but to hear it, right? Like you said, you needed to hear someone tell you, but it makes so much sense. It's like, look, you could either take a leap of faith, a major leap of faith, right? Because, you know, whatever your bills are, whatever your future, you know, financial goals are, but now you're like, nope, I don't want this, whatever that income is, whatever your benefits are, whatever that you're gaining from that and Mm -hmm. give it 150%. Or if you do have 
income coming in that can kind of give you that cushion, then you can take advantage of that income. And instead of you doing it all yourself, or like I have a cleaning lady that comes, right? So the word of like, mm-hmm. like I can't, I, I can't have time to even, you know, clean my house. I need help. Right. So you start, yeah. gosh, and there's a particular word I'm looking for that we use in the business world all the time. Um, you outsource. There we go. Yeah, so then you outsource for sure. what you can't do. And it's funny because like I said, it takes for someone to say it for you to kind of get it of like, that's really all it is. Yeah. So what you would outsource in your own home, maybe having someone do your landscaping, your cleaning for you. It's the same thing with a business. Yes, for sure. And it depends on the type of person you are too. Some people cannot focus on two things and not that they can't focus, but if they find it very difficult, like for me, I found it very difficult if I have a full-time job and I were to do something on the side, because I always want to give everything I do like more than hundred percent, then I feel like I'm not giving something hundred percent or whatever it is. And so I just like the ability to focus and that's, probably my personality too but I think you need a little bit of runway before you just take that leap because maybe like you know you have an idea but you don't know if it's going to work yet well maybe don't take the leap until you know it's a bit more validated for that or something and and whatever your journey is because there are some people like look at yourself you know you quit your job started in core business that you didn't know the industry and it was very successful but that was your journey that was your path that was kind of meant for you so I think you got to also kind of see where you're at and kind of go because as you're telling me this, like, I'm already like, oh, this and this, because it's resonating with me. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm sure resonating with so many people who would listen to this, because I think we are in such different times of with COVID and people maybe pivoting and figuring out what works for me, what doesn't work for me, how else can I gain extra income during this time? What else can I do? So these are very important conversations to have, because I don't think it's you know, where before maybe people were doing side hustles because it was like a thing. It's like, no, Mm -hmm. people are are looking for other ways to make more money. That is so true. I've seen so many people launch businesses during this time. In fact, I have a podcast as well and I interview product business owners and so many people recently have just started a business during COVID Mm -hmm. because either they just have more time, they can think about it or they need an extra income source, whatever it is. So it's interesting that this pandemic is kind of spurring this desire to start something. And I think there's going to be a lot of innovation during this time. So tell me about your, your product. It's the productpreneur podcast. Tell me about Mm -hmm. it. When did you start it? How many episodes? Of course, I'll put a link to it. Um, sure. You know, tell me a little bit about there and then we'll go into steps to launching a product, marketing, growing a product business, kind of like what you tailor to that. But let's okay. talk about your podcast briefly. I started the podcast because I felt that I really wanted to inspire women to launch a, a product business or, and grow it as well. And there are different podcasts like it, but I didn't feel like there was anything tailored to women. Like there are, I don't know if you know how I built this. This is one podcast that is great for starting a business, but there was nothing like specific to women and products. So it's called the Productpreneur Podcast and it features women entrepreneurs who either are in the phase of building a product business or like launching something, or they have a product business and they're growing it. And it talks about their story and some of the how they did it and some of the mindset and all that. Inspiration behind it. In the inspiration. Yeah. And then I also um, interview guest experts who serve product-based businesses who can help give advice on things like social media or website or, you know, just marketing or whatever it is. So I have a bit of both. And then I also uh, speak on my own episodes where I talk about 
different things like developing a product or marketing mm-hmm. a product and things like that. So it's been an amazing journey. I really love it as, as you love podcasting, I'm sure, because otherwise you wouldn't do it. No, um, I think people think it's one, two, three, and it's not, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. It, somebody told me, oh, it's going to take about five hours a week of your time. And I didn't believe them. But yeah, it, it does take time and effort and energy. Especially and I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it. If you want to do it the proper way and do it and, and make sure that the message you are conveying is the message that's getting out there. Exactly, exactly. So it's been about a year as well. I mean, I'm probably in about my year anniversary. And I wasn't consistent in the beginning, because I also had a very uh, large consulting role. Um, but then when the pandemic hit, I really got consistent. And I, I'm on weekly episodes now. And it ever since then, it's just been growing. And I have so many listeners just joining going, Oh, that's so amazing. I wish I had this when I started my product business, or I'm so glad it's there that I can listen to this. And, and they feel sort of inspired by the episodes from all the different types of, of products that are being created. And that's what I love about it, because it's just helping people who don't have, maybe they don't have the resources to join a program or whatever, but they can listen to this and get inspired and then have sort of the steps as well. A hundred percent. There was one of them that I had listened of yours and forgive me for the name, but I think she was English and she was talking about how she started one of those businesses that were not like an herbal life. I don't know if you're familiar with herbal life, but not like a business that's already a business that's kind of already... Say that again? Yeah. A network marketing business? Basically. And um, oh gosh, and I forget the business that hers was tailored to that of a network marketing business like that, but it was a great episode. And I wish I had the name. I'll, I'll think about it probably as we're going through, but it was, it was a really, really cool episode. And she got to speak on how, you know, starting her business and it was just very informative. And I think you're right. I think in this day and age, people are looking especially as a mom, and maybe not all of your listeners are moms or same with me, or you would think mom is no best. But either way, I think when you're a mom or when you're a woman, we have so many roles, right? And so many things mm-hmm. that we have to take care of. And sometimes we just want to kind of like, we need that push, we need help, we need to know where we can go for reference, where we can go for good sources of saying, help me get here. Because right. I think a lot of time, well, look, like you said, there wasn't many podcasts that tailored to women. Most of them are men because men are the ones that tend to start businesses. They're the ones that tend to to kind of take that. So the fact that you have that, I think that that's great. So, you know, just keep up with, with what you're doing with that podcast. So that's awesome. Yeah. I think a, a lot of women are, I think that's changing. Like the fact that, you know, mostly men were starting businesses. Definitely. I see so many women starting businesses. Mm-hmm. It's amazing, but still the statistic I can't remember the exact statistic, but maybe it's like only 2% of women reach the million dollar mark in their businesses. And it's it's much higher for men. So we've got to change that. And that's one of my uh, motivations for doing the podcast so that women will be successful. Um, and I definitely believe for women, it's so important to have something that you're also passionate about beyond just motherhood. I don't say just motherhood because that's huge because motherhood is such a huge job and and, and business, starting a business is not for everyone so don't get me wrong i don't think that every woman should start a business or anything but for me it was just like i needed something beyond being a mom because i just felt like i needed more confidence and i felt like i needed some other purpose beyond motherhood yeah. so that's the way business does help women in that regard is is to have something like that outside of their role as a mom know that it's for them and only them and it's, you know, it's not selfish. It's, it's totally fine to start something of your own. 
Yeah, well, that's a good keyword, selfish, because I think as women in general, and again, if you even take out the moms and it's just women, we just have this thing where, you know, we're not really selfish. We're constantly giving of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so putting things like this, like my podcast, your podcast out there to the world, I think helps because I think it lets other women know, okay, I'm not alone in this um, in whatever regard right. that is. And if they could do it, I can do it as well. For sure. Exactly. Exactly. That's what it is. It's like, oh, wow, it didn't seem so hard. Maybe I can do it. Yeah. Even if you're a little nervous about it. So why don't we go into, um, and I'm sure there's a lot, so I don't, you know, you, you kind of bring it down to however you need to explain it, but tell me about marketing and growing a product, a product business, developing marketing strategies, steps to launching a product. What does that look like? Or how do you help women? They come, they find you, you develop a plan, kind of, kind of talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I have different uh, options for women who want to work with me. One is through building a product business. Say they have a, an idea or maybe they don't have an idea at all. They just know they want to build the product business. So I help them go from idea to launch. And I do that in a very structured way that I used to like the way I used to work in the corporate world. And it's a very sort of systematic way where we go step-by-step from idea to launch. Mm -hmm. And what it does is that reduces the overwhelm because starting a product business can be very overwhelming. There's a lot of steps involved. There's so many different things. And how do you know what to do first? And that's the biggest thing I hear from people. They're like, I don't even know where to start. Like, where would I even begin with this? So it's very structured. And and I do that in two different programs. One is sort of an eight-week starter course where if people have an idea, but they're just not sure if they want to go with it, it's a great way to get your feet wet. We go from idea to a business plan and prototype or the start of a prototype mm-hmm. in eight weeks. And it's a group program. It's really, uh, it's really great because you meet other people and you're, you're sort of feeding off of each other. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's one way. The other is called the product launch lab, which is a six month program for people who are a little bit more invested in their idea in terms of they really know they want to do this. So we go from idea to launch. And again, we go through all the different steps. There's also some done for you services that takes that kind of burden off of Mm -hmm. the entrepreneur. And then if women have a product business, I help them with accelerating their success. So I have a program called the product accelerator where we do a deep dive into their business. It's a six month coaching program where I take them from, say they're at a certain level in their business and we wanna be able to build momentum and see predictable sales. So we we really dive into their situation and then we build a a marketing, a strategic plan together and then we take action and I hold them accountable. So those are like sort of two or three different (laughs) ways that I help, but my mission is just to help women accelerate their success. And and, uh, yeah. So what if it's someone who knows that they have a, a, a product business, right? They're like, no, I have this product. Let's say it's anything, right? So it's a pro- any product under the sun. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yep, I know I have this. Then you would say the, the product launch lab would be because they wouldn't need to do the eight week program because they kind of know like, nope, I know this. I know this will work. I know it. I feel it in my gut. I feel it in my heart then you would say, let's start with the product launch lab. Yeah, we would still go through the same content of the eight-week program. So they would definitely, they need that foundation still. Although it's just that they know they want to launch something. So it's just more 
of, hey, I'm going to invest this six months and we're going to really make it happen. Whereas if you're in the eight weeks, you might be like, oh, I'm not sure. And let's just see how it goes and get to that next step. And a lot of people I find it's always the beginning stages that they're kind of stuck where they don't know what to do first. So just getting them started is is the great thing about the product pathway, which is the eight-week program, because a lot of people have a hard time just getting even started. Yeah, sure. And how then do you measure the success based off the program? Is it them starting the business? Is it after a number of sales? Do you still keep in contact with them as the business is growing? How does that, what does that look mm-hmm. like? Yeah, well, typically all the people that I've worked with, say in the product pathway, we're continuing to work together afterwards because they often they they still need help with getting their idea sort of uh, further developed and actually launching it. Um, but you can take it and you know just work on your own if if you want. So many actually, I think like most of the people I still work with and I help them with getting their product launched. Mm-hmm. And then, so once it's launched, then we can also work on growing their business. Together with it from there. Together. What are some hesitations about building a product business and how can people get over those hurdles? Yeah, for sure. So hesitations would be, yeah, I don't know the steps. I have no idea where to start and all of that. And as I said, I help them with the steps and knowing what to do and really hand-holding them through the process. Another would be, oh gosh, it's going to be so expensive. I don't even know like if I can afford this kind of thing. And I help them with different ways that they can start a product business so that they're not putting like a, a huge investment in inventory, for example, and, and risking their you know mortgage or whatever. Sure. So there are different models of having a product business where you don't have to invest so much and, and we just get creative in terms of how we do that. Mm-hmm. And on a smaller scale, as opposed to, like you said, a macro large, like, nope, I'm going to put all my eggs in one basket. And we're going to run out this way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It could be a smaller scale. It could be the type of product that they pick. For example, there are businesses where you can create like build on demand. Like if you're a maker, right, you're making the product, you're not actually ordering thousands of units from overseas to sell, which is a more of a risk because you're putting money in inventory. So there's different ways to do it. Or there's like print on demand options where you're basically on demand printing whatever it is people are ordering. So there's definitely different options so that you don't have to invest in a huge, like in a huge way in the beginning. So we go through that as well to know like, what is their appetite for investment? And I think the other thing would be time. People don't know if they have time to work on it. And so that's uh, that's how the Product Launch Lab also really helps because that six-month program is helping them with some of the done-for-you services that they don't have to do and, and we help them with. Sure. And what do people mostly have trouble with when developing or launching a product-type business? A lot of people get stuck on their idea and they think, okay, this is the idea that's going to work but they actually haven't tested the idea. They haven't gotten feedback. So I, I really stretch people to make sure that we come up with different ways of expressing the idea or different ideas around the same, solving the same problem or whatever it is. So that you're not just hung up on one thing. There might be a different way to do it. And it's really important before launching something that you test it with the right target market and get some feedback before you're spending a ton of money on all of the launch and then find that there's no market for it and nobody's ordering anything. So that's, that's definitely one thing that um, is, is super key. The other is 
just thinking that, oh, if I build it, they will come. Like if I launch my website, then everybody's going to buy and like imagining that, but that doesn't happen. <laughs> there's a, there's gotta be a marketing strategy behind what you're doing. And it's very important to build that upfront demand before launching. So things like pre-selling your product and getting a wait list going and also building your audience before launching. Those are very important things to do as well. Sure. And I guess if you've got already, if you already have a product business, what are some ways to grow your awareness and sales? And I know you kind of touched base a little bit, but if someone already has that product business, you know, what are ways that they can, that they can grow their sales and awareness? Yes. Yeah. So I take my clients through something called, it's like a marketing funnel and making sure that or customer journey, it's like making sure that you've got a marketing plan in place and that covers every point of the customer journey. So the journey starts with somebody being aware of your product, just aware that you exist and, and then taking them to the stage that they're going to start to consider your product amongst other products that they might've thought of to solve their problem. And then the next step is that they actually purchase. And then from there, they might purchase more of your products or they just become loyal fans. And then from there, they're loyal. They will, you know, refer you, write reviews for you. Mm -hmm. They'll buy your products again and again. So that is kind of the journey you want people to go through. And to have a marketing plan in place for each point to know that you are converting people along that journey is really important. So for example, we look at ways to grow awareness and it could be through paid media, your own channels, or maybe shared channels or earned channels like PR. And then from there, we take them through like, how do they start considering your products? So it could be maybe you're creating amazing content that they want to read and they're starting to engage with you more, or you're engaging with them at different trade shows or whatever. And then, you know, they become subscribers and how do you nurture them through emails and then convert them on your website and all the different levers that you do that. So there's a lot of different steps, but it starts with understanding where they're at and how their marketing funnel is working and Mm -hmm. then improving whatever we can. From there, you know, it's something just registered because I'm like, you've been in marketing. That's how your career started, correct? It's now 2020. How have you seen the changes of, I'm sure, direct mail marketing, email marketing, now social media, (laughs) what has that been like for you? And how do you keep up with like the CE credits, the continuing education credits? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, what do you do? Because that has had to be an amazing, very interesting journey through marketing in itself. Oh, yeah. Okay, definitely. Well, because when I started, it was all offline media. And it was like TV and print and radio. And those were the things that we spent money on. And so we call it traditional media. (laughs) And now there's all this digital media. I think it started to happen along like when social media, that um, whole thing launched. And then like, wow, it just grew from there. And so most people are spending most of their money in digital, whereas we used to spend 
all of our money in more traditional media like tv like that's just that's kind of a dinosaur thing, way to, thing to do you know, right now even, even you with 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 helping um these women create their businesses and i'm obviously helping marketing plans and all of that so you wouldn't recommend going through tv or the, the traditional route right you would say social media the digital or i guess maybe depending mm, on what you're no yeah it really depends and also not that i wouldn't recommend it it's just that now we have so much more to consider yeah. There's so many different avenues and you yeah. could, you know, for example, like out of home and billboards and all of that, it's still important. It's still a, a medium to use, but those are often very expensive. So yeah. it's not the place I would say to start. Um, yeah. If you really want to build a brand and, and get some traction and also be able to see the return on investment right away, because traditionally you can't see that return yeah. on investment, whereas digitally you can see, okay, who's clicked who's bought through that and on and all that. Yeah. So I would definitely start with more digital uh, avenues for entrepreneurs. Yeah. Quick Wait, story. Okay. My, my previous employer was very antiquated and old school when it came to marketing and very traditional and she still put up billboards <laughs> and we, and they were so expensive and we were trying to tell her it was a, a wedding and banquet venue. And we were trying to tell her that, the digital age is where we needed to go, especially because she was a wedding. Um, well, that's where she got most of her revenue from. And, you know, we had to go that route and she just wouldn't. She's like, nope, those billboards have been with me over the highway. They were like $5,000 a pop. And we're like, no, you can save so much money and reach like thousands and thousands of more people. Yeah. And your question about how do I keep up with all the changing digital versus uh, traditional and, and all that, I've joined the Digital Marketer, which is an amazing resource for digital marketing. And they have an amazing, amazing programs. They have a membership and conference that they do every year. So that is one way I keep up with all of the changing digital things. And I'm a constant lear learner. Like I'm always reading and looking at um, different resources, listening to marketing podcasts. Social Media Examiner is another one. It's, it's amazing about uh, resource for social media marketing. So there, there is a ton of stuff and it's just about educating yourself and constantly being on top of it. And as a business owner, it's hard to keep on top of everything. So it is good to have somebody helping you with your marketing for sure. It goes back to what you're saying, maybe investing. Sometimes you have to invest in yourself of getting that help. And I think in this day and age, it's not just the typical, like, okay, you know, you need, if you're starting a business, maybe a CEO or an HR director, whatever that looks like, someone to help mm. a bookkeeper, a CPA. But in this day and age, just having someone really guide you through these unkind of charted territories of oh, social sure. media and things that maybe not um, Facebook paid ads. Um, I worked for an email marketing company in the accounting department, so I'm familiar with the verbiage, mm. but even I myself, you know, of, of what that looks like and understanding yeah. what it means when people come to your website. So I think companies are having to find ways of investing in, in different avenues than your traditional yeah. CPAs and business type people to help you with your business. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's really important. For sure. Um, okay. So we mentioned COVID and the past, you know, six months or gosh, I don't even know what we're in now, eight months. I can't believe like we're already at the end of the year because I swore March was just like a few months ago. It's been <laughs> this whirlwind and I don't want to kind of go, I, I've talked a lot about it in some of my podcasts, but I kind of want to change it up a bit. When 2020 started, what were your initial goals and mm. have you accomplished any of them? Have you had to pivot due to COVID and quarantine? 
What are you looking forward to in 2021? Tell me about that because you starting your own business, helping women start their businesses and their product-based business. What has 2020 looked like for you? Yeah, it's it's been really interesting. <laughs> this year has been very interesting for many people, I'm sure. What it has helped me do, well, my beginning goal of the year, uh, I started out having my coaching business, but also I was very focused on my consulting project at the time. And I was spending most of my time on that. And that didn't sit well with me because I felt like I really want to build my coaching business. And I really had this desire, but as I said, with focus, I just couldn't focus on both. So I wasn't doing my coaching justice. So my goal was actually to, to shift my focus to coaching eventually to finish up with the consulting project in a, in a great way. Of course, I wanted to do a great job and, and finish up with that, but finally not make excuses and say, Oh, I can't get to my coaching because I've got other like things. I've got my consulting thing and whatever. And I felt like I was constantly sort of making that not excuse, but it was there. And COVID kind of accelerated that. It helped me do that because at the time I was consulting for a fitness chain and they didn't need me <laughs> after April. Of course they closed the centers and, and everything due to the shutdown. And so at that point, I thought, okay, this is my chance. I can finally like put my full energy towards this. And it really did help to have the focus. Finally, I was doing consistent podcasts. And finally, I was getting uh, more one-on-one clients. And I launched my course, which is that the product pathway, the eight-week course. So I felt amazing because I had launched something that was scalable. So really, I have seen amazing traction. <laughs> and I hate to say it's because of COVID, but I think it kind of was the kick in the butt I needed to, to get that going. And, uh, and so I'm really grateful for that. And I think 2021, I'm really just looking forward to continuing to grow my business, relaunch my course in a bigger way. I'm launching it in January. So I'm excited for that again. Mm-hmm. And creating a mastermind is another one of my goals. So having a group of women come together where we're all working on our product business and growing my podcast and really starting to focus more on the community, developing a community of people who, who want to grow their businesses. That's awesome. Yeah, I think, um, it, yes, the, the unfortunate side of COVID and how the world has been the last, and I mean, you're in, you're, you're in Canada, correct? You're still in Canada? Yes, correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm in America. I'm in Florida. Um, you know, and all the things that have kind of been going on here and, and just what we're seeing in the news. But I am yeah. a big, big believer of the cup is half full kind of girl. So mm-hmm. So it's like even even despite, you know, all of that, it's like you have to find because I feel like if you don't, then you are going to stay complacent. You are going to be in that continued cycle of a of a, of a, of a rut and, and and maybe not going anywhere or being frustrated because this isn't happening, but it's not happening because you're not doing anything, and then you're frustrated because you're not doing anything, and it's like this cycle. Right. Um, exactly. So I think it is a good. That's why I like to have these talks because again, if someone is listening, it's like, look, it, it was a very tough year, and I'm sure you had to pivot and and even with your children, even though they are more. Oh, for sure. um, independent, but you're trying to figure out that you're still a mom. You still have to be there for mm-hmm. them and what that looks like, but at least saying, okay, this happened now. I also lost my job and that was a blessing in disguise about June. And then a week later, I got the job that I'm currently oh, wow. now, um, which was better. The company's better. The 
atmosphere is not a toxic where it's just everything was better. So I'm like, you have to find, you just have to find the silver lining in everything. And then as you said earlier, the resilience of, okay, well, this happened now, what? Pick yourself right. up and keep moving. You know Exactly. Yeah. Pick yourself up and figure it out. You've got to find a way. And I know it's, it's been a really hard time for so many people. And I don't want to diminish that at all, but there are people who are thriving. There are people, companies that are thriving. So looking to ways that, you know, you see the growth in and potential in and pivoting in those ways. And I've seen many people pivot and their business is better because of it. A hundred percent. Okay, Nicole. So I like to get into my quick get to know, unless of course there's anything because um, my get to know is a little bit more about you. You've talked about your business and now that, but I like to have these fun kind of fun questions, but I don't want if there's anything maybe on your mind that you felt like you wanted to say, is there anything you want to say about your business, you know, anything related to that going before we move forward? Yeah, what I would say is if you have an idea or something that you want to do, don't wait for the perfect time. Don't wait till it's perfect. Just start doing something because some progress is better than no progress. And once you start, the things will start happening for you. So kind of have your vision and just get started. And uh, yeah, I couldn't stress that enough because everyone strives for perfection, but there's really no such thing as perfection. 100%. When I listened to my earlier podcast, I kind of cringe. I'm like, oh my gosh, but I wanted to say <laughs> That's right. You know, but I because if I would have never started back then and I was fearful of maybe it not sounding right or not or whatever, um, I started with the best that I had and what I knew. You know, you start with what you know. I would have never, yeah. I would have never done this. So I think that's a for very sure. Good. So I love this question, but many people are always like, I, I don't have this. So I'm gonna ask you, do you have a favorite movie or one or a movie that you always watch when it's on? Okay, so I don't really have a favorite, but I do love action movies like Mission Impossible, James Bond, those okay. kinds of things. Because <laughs> okay. I always find them really entertaining and always full of action. So now that you're I did Go ahead. Oh, I, I did love De Dead Poets Society, but I don't know if I'd watch it again. It's very, you know, slow and. It is, but that's a very good movie. I'm a movie buff, which is why I love because I, I watch all kind of movies. I love a good oh, yeah. cry. I love movies that make me laugh. Movies, I, I just love storytelling. Um, oh. But now that your children are older, because I have a three year old, so Disney plus, Disney plus is in my home and right. kids. Were your kids ever into movies, or was it like always Disney? Like, what what did you guys have with with your little ones? Oh yeah, they were always into movies. In fact, we just had movie night last night. Uh, so, and now that you said that with crying, I cry at everything. So my daughter and I, we watch Black Stallion. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, I just cried. <laughs> she was just looking at me like, what are you doing? What's wrong with you? Yeah, we, we love movies. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. What's a favorite book or one that you would like to recommend or both? Well, I... I'm a little bit of a geek and I just love self-development books and marketing books. I know it's really geeky, but honestly, that's what I read for pleasure. So um, I love the book Story Brand by Donald Miller in terms of if you want to know what kind of messaging to have for your brand, it's an amazing book for that. Okay. And also a book called The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson, which is all about taking baby steps, little mm -hmm. steps eventually help you get to have a huge edge but a lot of people think you have to take this giant leap where you where you don't so yeah those are great awesome any high or low mom moments of the week again I know your your children are older but 
you are still a mom. So, you know, I know you can maybe have a little bit more focus, but since they are, mm-hmm. gosh, all three of them are in double digits. <laughs> I feel like that's, you know, um, because I, I have my OG friends that I call them, that I call them my veteran friends that have um, <laughs> children that are much older than my son. And yeah. I'm like, how did you get through this? What did you do? So any high or low mom moments of the week that you kind of want to put out there that, you know, you, that you still have, especially because they are, they're, they're getting up there in age. Mm-hmm. Well, high moments would be things like the fact that I can pick them up and I have the freedom and flexibility to do that. I just love that. My mom always did that for me and I've always wanted to do that. So one of, that's one of the reasons that I wanted to have a business is to be able to have the flexibility to be able to pick them up from school and just see them smiling and ask them about how their day went and stuff. So that's a high. And I just love seeing my kids when they come up with ideas, creative ideas. I just keep thinking, oh, that's like, that's so entrepreneurial. I love it. (laughs) So that, that is my high. And then my low, um, I guess, would be when I feel like I'm nagging and asking them to do their homework or practice piano. Oh, I hate nagging and I hate listening to my voice. <laughs> but I don't know. Sometimes we have to remind them. And so I don't know. I'm sure there's a better way, but yeah. I haven't found it yet. It is what it is. Are they, are they involved? Um, are they interested in what you do? Like how, how is that? Cause I know once they get into the teenage years, it's like nothing is, you know, mm. they, it's, it's, they're very, you know, um, focused on one thing and that's what they're doing, but yeah. you know, are they aware? Do you talk to them about your business? Oh yeah, they're aware. And actually my daughter recently said how she wants to launch a soap making business and sell soaps online and mommy, you're going to help me with the website. <laughs> And, uh, and so, yes, we talked a lot about that. She hasn't done it yet, but she has this vision and I, I believe she'll do it because she's, when she has something in her head, she mm-hmm. will do it. And, do you, um, my and wait, do you have all girls or boys? What do you, what do you know? Uh, yeah, right. My youngest is my daughter. So she's okay. 10, okay. uh, then 11 year old and 14, they're boys. They're boys. Okay. And my middle one is probably the most entrepreneurial I'd say, cause he's always, he's all about making money, honestly. <laughs> He's like, can I sell this? And uh, what job is going to make me the most money when I grow up? Like all that. So it's hilarious. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So that's good that the, the, well, first of all, that they have the self-awareness is there, I think is so important and that they know, I, maybe now they don't appreciate or to really appreciate, but to understand like what your accomplishments are and what you've been able to do with that. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah, it's very cute. I love it. And I love it when they make their lemonade stand, stands and seeing them there and like how they're going to, their strategies for making more money on each lemonade. <laughs> and I'm sure, and maybe, you know, in the discussions with them, you learn something as well. I feel like kids have this, mm-hmm. like, gosh, just like innate simplicity to life. And I think yes. it's results that overcomplicate everything. Oh yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Like I'm asking my daughter, so how are you going to differentiate your business? Like what's going to be your point of difference? She's like, I don't know. I'm just going to make soap. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> whatever, but it's very innocent. It's so cute. What has motherhood taught you? I always love this question. Yeah. It's um, suddenly uh, you go from everything being about you and 
it suddenly it's not about you only you anymore and so I think that was the biggest shift for me to realize that suddenly it's about this other human being and 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 not you about you at all that's how I felt like when I transitioned to motherhood but it, it taught me to to understand the importance between balancing the focus on others and focus on myself because I think self-care is so huge and so important and as moms sometimes we just we just lose some of that and so what do you do for your own um self-care for your own mental health breaks for your own peace of mind what what does that look like Mm -hmm. for you yes exercise is really important for me oh my gosh if I don't exercise I feel it like I feel it in how I'm reacting to things and how I am with my kids so I like to run I like to lift weights and I also love yoga Mm -hmm. and I find sort of all three of those balancing that it's amazing Uh, I also used candles when I you know when I do my yoga and like have a nice quiet room I like to sometimes meditate or just pray in the morning or evening and healthy eating. It's, it's not always, I'm not always great with that, but I do find that when I eat healthy, I feel better. I agree. No. Yeah. Those are such wonderful moments. Um, you had mentioned before when you wanted to give the extra kind of tips and you had said, or no, when you were saying your favorite book of, of sometimes people think they have to be these great big steps where sometimes it's the small steps. And mm-hmm. one of the moms that I interviewed actually might be the mom rages real episode. I think she had said like, we have this idea ideology that self-care has to be this grand gesture of what we do to take care of ourselves. Um, Whether it's society putting on social media, you know, we have to do this, whatever it is. And it's like, no, it could be, like you said, putting on a nice smelling candle that makes you feel good. And you you know, whatever it is. And I'm like, yeah, it's what makes you happy. How am I to say that if that brings you joy, that there's something wrong with that, even if it's on a small scale. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, and I exactly. Have to appreciate those small moments that we have. I know for me, it's stretching. Like I need to stretch. If I don't stretch, I'll get mm. back to the working out. Um, I'm just right. not there yet with the time, but I yeah. need to stretch. I need to, I meditate during my stretch. I breathe. And if I don't within the next few days, like I just feel it, my body's yeah. tight. Yeah. Um, reacting more and you have to listen to your body and whatever that For whatever sure. so important. and what advice or wisdom do you hope your children will always follow yeah I I've always followed this sort of mantra of whatever you can dream you can do and God wouldn't put it on your heart unless you could you could actually do it so I really believe and you can do anything you set your mind to and it could take some failure along the way but you can do it so I do hope my children follow that advice Awesome. And then lastly, I know you kind of did um, some final or, you know, some um, extra tips before, but any final thoughts, the podcast world? Uh, yeah, I think it's just more along the same of just take that first step. Just if you're a podcaster or if you're, say if you're not a podcaster, you want to become one, just take a first step and and start imperfectly to to start and, uh, and it'll go from there. Whatever you want to do, just take imperfect action to get towards your goals to get to where you go um nicole it's been a pleasure having you on i will put all of your information on my podcast description for people to get in touch with you i know i will be getting in touch with you um as we were talking i had my own ideas of things that i've kind of had kind of in the back burner um Mm. and thinking about 2021 and now how i kind of want to solidify and of Mm, course having the help i think for me it was just like do i really want to pay to get the help like what do i really need and Mm -hmm. You know, I think, you know, God did put it on my heart to do certain things. I just have to figure out what that pathway is to get there. 
and in meeting right. women like yourself and other women I've come in contact with, I'm like, gosh, this is it. You know, I feel like it's meant to be when we cross paths with people. Um, totally. so I, I will be contacting you and we'll, we'll speak oh. again, but thank you so much for coming on and um, sharing your tips for what you're doing to help women um, entrepreneurs start their product businesses and for all of the good information you're putting out there on your podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And I just want to offer up to your audience, if they would like to book a discovery call or strategy call, you can do that through, uh, well, put the link in the show notes, but I'm offering a one hour free call for anyone who has an idea, or maybe you don't have an idea, or maybe you have a business and you just want to chat about it. That is definitely open to your listeners. And also I'll be launching my course in January. So we'll also put the link to that in the show notes if you're interested in launching a product. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. Have a great rest of your Sunday and um, we'll talk soon. Thank you so much. Once again, I'm so, I'm so grateful. Thank you for listening to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and give a review on the platform you're listening on. Tune in next time to hear another fierce mama share her story. Continued blessings to you all for love and light.